welcome to the Heat Check Podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. Anthony, do you have a bad, a terrible Gollum impression for us? A terrible what? A terrible Gollum impression. Smeagol. I'm going to... The one corrupted by the one ring. This is going to be embarrassing. I mean, I kind of know who he is, but I really don't. <laughs> I'm not a movie guy. So uh, I know a lot of my friends make fun of me for that. Um, but yes, I will have to admit, I do not know much about him. <laughs> or it, I would say. It's a him. <laughs> it's a him, okay. Yeah, he used to be a, uh, a river hobbit, I believe. I read the books this year, so I'm, I'm up on my, uh, my Lord of the Rings right now. Lord of the Rings. I know yes. Lord of the Rings, but yeah. Um, anyway... Uh, it is 1.30 a.m. The Heat drafted Precious Achua today with the number 20 pick of the 2020 NBA draft. Um, big man from Memphis. Kind of fits exactly what we uh, thought the Heat were looking at. But honestly, I don't know if we ever like brought up his name. And like I'm kind of Homer Simpson smacking my forehead right now. Like, oh yeah, like this is pretty obvious that this is a guy that they were going to like. Yeah, I mean, he was one of, like, the 20, uh, you know, it's not saying much. I, I mentioned, like, 25 guys in my preview, but he was one of the guys that uh, that I put on the list. And he just seems, you know, I think I messaged you during the first round. It was, like, in the middle of the first round, like, maybe, like, the 11th pick. And I said, I just have a feeling they're going to take Precious or, at that point, Isaiah Stewart. Like, I thought they were going to go right. big. Yeah. Just because I just felt like they, they needed to add size, someone physical, um to kind of play, you know, give the Heat quality minutes, especially defensively, when Bam's not on the court. Um, and, and that's the route they took, and Precious makes a lot of sense. Like you said, he's an athletic big man. You know, I'm not saying he's going to be Bam, but he has a lot of those Bam traits, you know, coming out of college where, you know, kind of raw, late blue, you know, he didn't start basketball until late, you know, in middle school, eighth grade, I think, for Precious. Yeah. I think it's pretty much the same thing with Bam. Um, has some perimeter skills as a big man. Not you know, still not polished offensively, but defensively he's very. He can be versatile. He's long. He's athletic. So it, it's interesting. There's a lot of uh, similarities there with Bam. Um, so yeah, the pick. I, I think now looking at it, like obviously a couple hours after they made it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he is. Uh, so much of Bam's story of what he was at Kentucky is kind of it's you know so much is, is the stuff we didn't get to see because at Kentucky you know the talent, just the the number of guys there. Guys don't necessarily get to showcase their full complement of skills. Um, and Precious at Memphis, he was not, uh, I think when he signed there, that he was not expected to obviously be the guy. They had James Wiseman, but James Wiseman only plays three games because of um, eligibility issues. Um, and then Precious becomes the guy. You know, He's the American Athletic Conference Player of the Year as a freshman. Um, and he... It, I think what you saw from him at Memphis, and again, I'm not saying he's going to be Bam because Bam has changed so much since he got into the league. That's why he's an all-star. He, you know, he was not an all-star type guy when he got to the Heat, obviously. But I think what you saw from Precious in his one year at Memphis is sort of like what you would have seen from Bam if he was in a similar environment where he got to be the guy. Um, because you know, Precious, like you're saying, I, I think you're, you saw a little bit of that you know, ball handling, playing end-to-end, bringing the ball up a little bit that, you know, Bam just did not ever do at Kentucky. Um, But he always kind of insisted he could do that. And I I think it's obvious, like, the Heat are watching him and 
getting flashbacks to a degree. Yeah, and, and you know, like, this is, like, to me, this is a spell pick. Like, Eric Spolcher likes versatile players yeah. who have the natural uh, gifts, the length, you know, the the, the, pro, the defensive profile to fit, you know, in today's modern NBA. Um, he has that. Like, I, I don't know, you know, right you know, immediately, I don't think Precious and Bam are going to play many minutes together. Yeah. Um, just offensively, it doesn't seem like that would work. But, man, if, if Bam or Precious can develop an outside shot, and they both have the potential. I know Precious was 13 for 40, so he did take a few threes in college. Um, and there was a video uh, that was tweeted out, you know, after the Heat's pick, kind of showing one of his workouts, and he was basically just shooting threes and making a ton of them yeah. to work one on zero, one on air. But but still, you know, he, he has that potential to become – I know some somewhat of a shooter. So if if they can develop that and they can play together, I mean defensively, that front court would be insane. So you know, there's I think there's a lot to be excited about. There's a lot, you know, there, there's still a lot of room for him to grow. Um, and I, you know, again, I just think it, it fits right now because he can be Bam's backup, which the Heat need. They need a guy, and you know, to fit that role. But I think in the future, the hope is maybe him and Bam can play together. Yeah. Uh, we talked to Pat, uh, I guess, about an hour ago now, um, and one of the things he mentioned with this pick is in the final. He didn't specifically say the finals, but he said there were points in the playoffs where we felt like we needed more size, and, and it's the whole, you know, it's the whole story why, why we liked Jalen Smith, why we liked yeah. um, Isaiah Stewart, why we liked Precious uh, was because. Kelly and Myers both, you know, had good seasons and obviously were, were useful to the Heat, but they needed that second guy for to be Bam's backup. And that's that's what Precious is going to be, at least right away. Like that you feel like you can kind of pencil him into that. Is he gonna be great? Maybe not, but he's gonna be, you know, again, he was a conference player of the year and probably the fifth or sixth best conference in college basketball. Like, he's going to be pretty good right away, you would think. Yes, and, and as our... Uh, and then the ceiling is high, obviously, too. Right, the upside's there. And, and you know, you're our Jalen Smith expert. Jalen Smith went 10 to the yeah. Phoenix Suns, um, higher than most expected. You know, I thought he, he would have fit well with the Heat. Yeah, he now I, I feel validated by how much we both liked him, that he went 10. Yeah. I mean, we weren't the only ones. Yeah. How, do you, how does he compare other different players... And obviously, Jalen Smith went ten. But how does he compare to Jalen? Is there more upside there? You think with Precious? I as think far as what he can't become. Yeah, I mean, I think a little. Like, if you think Precious can be Bam, like I, I don't know if Jalen's ever going to have that like ball handling aspect that is like the whole ceiling with Precious. And I think that's you know, we look at you. Know, you, you compare Precious to Bam, and you think, oh, if he's like Bam, like. You think, oh, he can be Bam. That means he's going to be an all-star. But to be Bam, you have to have that ball-handling, playmaking aspect. Um, and that's just like – Precious might get there, but like the odds of him getting to Bam level there is like pretty unlikely. Um, like the, it's it's the hardest part of the Bam skill set, I think, to replicate. And, and obviously if, if Precious does that and you have two Bams, then you're in really good shape. But if, so I think – Precious has the higher ceiling in that regard. Like, I think he has a better chance of becoming that ball handler type guy, but I, I don't necessarily think you can bank on him becoming that, like the point center. 
Um, yeah. Whereas Jalen is more, you know, I think he is much more just clearly a complimentary piece um, with the, you know, he shot really well from three-point range as a sophomore. Um, and he's, like, I, I think a good, like, role guy, too. Yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a nice pick and pop. I think he's also younger than Precious, even though Precious was only a freshman. Precious is pretty old for a freshman. I think he might be yeah, 21 already. Yeah, he just turned 21 a few months ago. Yeah. So, um, but, and one other thing too I wanted, I thought was noteworthy is Tyrese Maxey was available. Yeah, so that's the interesting thing. We, you know, we really honed in on those big men early, right? Like we had Jalen, we had Isaiah Stewart, who who ended up going 16. Those were kind of two of the names that we had talked about as guys we like for the Heat. You know, we talked about Vernon Carey a little bit, who goes 32. Um, And then as the pick was like coming, I know you mentioned Precious as we were getting close, but... You know, we were two picks away in Tyrese Maxey and Sadiq Bey. Like, a bunch of these wings that we just not, did not think were going to be there um, were there. And yeah, we thought there was a chance that they would take them. But obviously, they, they had a game plan going in, and they, and they stuck with it, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know. I, Bay was gone. Maxey was yeah, available, was as gone. you mentioned. It was Maxey. And, you know, I... Part of me, I mean, I, I think if you would have told him before the draft, Max is going to be there at 20, what did he do? I, I probably would have said that he'd pick Maxi. I mean, he's um, just, he fits everything, right? Like, like, he is Tyler in a lot of ways. Yeah, he has that, yeah, he has that Tyler feel to him. You know, he was projected to go a lot higher than 20. Supposed to be a great like, shooter, but the numbers weren't there in yeah. college. Did a lot of like, other stuff really well. Good perimeter defender. He projects to be a pretty good perimeter defender, which the Heat need more of. Uh-huh. Um, but but I, it's obvious like now after what we just saw the Heat like you said went in with a game plan to add to you know add some size like they needed that and they yeah I don't think rebounding was a weakness for them throughout the season but they got exposed in that area in the finals yeah I mean when you go up against the Lakers and they have a front court of Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard and you have LeBron also on that team like it's hard not to get exposed but that you know that was clearly a weakness in that series uh, and with Bam hurt. Like, they really didn't have much to make up for that. So, uh, I think they saw that, and they wanted to to make sure to kind of shore that up a little bit. Yeah. I do kind of wonder, like, let's say Bam doesn't get hurt in the finals, and they lose in six. And, you know, they're, they, they're beaten by the size a little bit, but they obviously aren't overwhelmed in the same way that they were with Bam at less than 100%. I do wonder, like, they, they had, obviously they knew that they needed a big man, but how much did, like, did they learn from not having Bam that like that has to be priority number one because we have such a thin margin for error there um, at that position? Yeah, no, for sure. And, and also, you know, that, I mean, that's probably number one, but also yeah. Myers-Leonard, we don't know. What right, that's the other thing, back. yeah, Myers. Ke- Kelly, you expect him to opt in as of, you know, Thursday morning at 1.35 a.m. He yeah. has not opted in yet. But he also could be a trade piece potentially. Like he's right. one of those guys that's a salary match if you yeah. make a deal for Beal or something like that. And after those two guys, what do you have as far as size? I mean, there really isn't anybody else. Yeah, so, Chris Silva. But even Chris Silva's like small. for a Right, Chris. Summer. I mean, and, and, and look, um, pressure is the biggest guy, 6'9". Like he's not. He's, he's not like, a, I mean, he's got the Bam build, right? Like he looks pretty similar to Bam physique-wise. Yeah. Seven two wingspan, uh, big hands, athletic. Like yeah, he's six nine, six ten, two twenty five. Or I think he's bulked up to two thirty five from what I read. Um, yeah, he has that frame where again, it's a modern day big. Like they're the heater building. 
I mean, you yeah. see the pieces they're adding, like switchable, a switchable team, modern, you know, modern day players that could fit you know, a scheme that that is versatile. You saw in the playoffs with Jay Crowder, yeah. you know, Andrew you know, now Bam and and uh, Precious. Like they, they're they're trying to fill roster, fill the roster with those type of guys. We should mention it uh, before we wrap up here. Uh, and you asked about this when we got Precious, when we got to talk to him like half an hour ago. Um, at Memphis, they basically like had him just watch a bunch of Bam stuff. Like it's, you know, the even if unwittingly he was kind of grooming himself to be a Heat player. Yeah, no, he. It's it's such a like crazy coincidence, and Mike Miller was on that. Right. Staff. I mean, I wonder if the Heat like knew that basically, like if yeah, Mike Miller I mean, was I'm telling sure. Spill like, "Hey, man, we're having him watch a lot of a uh, lot of lot of Bam." Yeah, he's got to check sure this guy out. Yeah, I'm sure they knew that, and it's like you said, if you can get, I, you know, that's asking a lot for him to turn into Bam. Right. Um, Bam is pretty unique, and if he could turn into 80 percent of the player that Bam is, like I think you take that at pick number 20, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, um, but it is interesting, like they have a similar skill set. Whether whether he's as good as Bam or not, you can't you can't argue. That they have a similar skill set, especially coming out of college, and Pat Riley said as much. Like, there's a lot of similarities yeah. there. Um, so, you know, the Heat have had success developing Bam, and I'm sure they'll they'll probably use a similar type of developmental plan with with him, with Precious. Uh, and the last important detail is he's another soccer guy in this Heat locker room yeah. full of soccer guys. Yeah, and, and you I, know, Gor- if Goran returns, which I think is the expectation. You know, and Jimmy's going to be back. Obviously, um, you have three guys that are going to be talking a bunch of soccer. Now, yeah. now if we can just get Josh Richardson back with the Heat, I know. who went to Dallas tonight, by the way. Who went to Dallas? He's going to play with Luca. That's a good. I mean, that was a good trade for both teams. Yeah. Get into it. But Josh Richardson with Dallas is his defense will help them. So happy for Josh. Yeah, I love the you know that's it's a trope, right? The the Af- African big man who played soccer growing up. Obviously, Hakeem is like the legendary story of that's where his footwork all came from. But I think Joel Embiid was the same way, and obviously yeah. Precious, who's from Nigeria and, and grew up playing soccer, like you said, didn't play basketball until uh, eighth grade. Uh, it's a, a good pedi- good good line he's coming from there. Yeah, and and I believe the Heat now have three players with Nigerian roots on the roster. Bam Adebayo yes, is another one. Gabe Vincent as well. Oh uh, right. And now Precious. So that's that has to be a record. Like that's pretty cool that they have. You know, if Gabe Vincent returns, they just extended a qualifying offer to him. Uh-huh. He returns. They'll have three guys in the roster um, with Nigerian roots. Yeah. All right, um, so we're going to take a quick break. Uh, We will come back with actually stuff we recorded earlier this morning uh, looking ahead to free agency. Pretty excited for the draft tonight. It's, it's like it was one of, honestly one of my favorite sports days of the year. I know I'm probably like in the minority of like people who like love the NBA draft, but um, I don't know. I love it. I, I agree. I, I'm, I'm kind of um, sad is the right word, but it's kind of sad that uh, so I use it. It's kind of sad that the draft is kind of going to be overshadowed by free agency. Like I feel like once the draft is over, um, with free agency on Friday and such a quick turnaround, like department's going to pretty much move on. You know? Yeah, I, I can't remember if we talked about this on the mics last week or if we were just talking separately. But the idea that like you know usually the rookies get their shine for like a couple weeks between 
the draft, years, yeah. and then and then you know obviously there's some time off, and then summer league. Yeah, they get their shine in summer league also, and they're just not going to get that this year. Like remember how excited people were watching Tyler Hero in summer league? Like that totally changed the expectation for what he was going to be at the start of the regular season. Definitely, and and even remember the whole Zion. I know Zion got hurt in summer league, but just the whole. Uh, show that was of like all the stars that were there. And oh that my god, that was a crazy it. night. That was the. I mean, were you there? That was earthquake. Yeah, it was, the, was there. It was the earthquake, and then Kawhi Leonard, at least East Coast time, signed with the uh, Clippers at like two thirty a.m. Eastern time. Yeah, I remember it was like almost midnight in Vegas, yeah. and yeah, that, that I was I was shaken up by that earthquake. By the way, like, <laughs> I thought it was my first one. Man, that he just brought back that memory. And that was a strange. I don't know. Have you been in an earthquake? Before? Uh, yeah, sort of. Nothing like big. I don't remember how big that was, but yeah, I, it I wasn't have. huge, but it was sizable, and it was a pretty. It was. Uh, I felt the. I felt the ground shake and been like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, that was an experience for sure. All right, uh, we are getting way off track really quickly here. So uh, I guess uh, I, don't, I don't even need to explain this because we're probably going to have a lead in at the top. Um, but we're recording this this part of the episode at, it is 10.30 a.m. right now on Wednesday. We are also going to record uh, tonight once the draft wraps up to talk about who the Heat pick. And, you know, obviously it feels like it could be a busy transaction day um, after it's already been a busy transaction week, basically, for the NBA. Uh, we will get to that. Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, um, maybe a little James Harden toward the end of the episode. Definitely some Bradley Beal. Um, but let's start with um, we'll, we'll we'll start heat specific here, where they've got basically six free agents right now. Uh, we know Haslam's coming back, so that that's an obvious one. And uh, let's kind of structure it this way: we'll start with like the obvious moves. I think there's beyond Haslam, there's one other obvious move. Then we'll kind of move down into what we expect, who we expect to come back, and then who we expect to leave, and, and what the Heat can do to replace them. Uh, so the obvious ones, obviously Haslam, you talked to him, I guess that was last week now, um, and he said he's coming back. I, I think, you know, we knew if he wanted to come back, he was going to be back. I think especially once he didn't get to really get his send-off, which I know he he can act like maybe he doesn't care about getting that send-off, um, but I'm, I'm sure he does. Uh, one, once we went into the bubble, I kind of had a feeling he was going to come back. And then the other move is Goran, which... It feels like that's uh, what time is free agency open? Six p.m. on Friday. Six p.m. on Friday. I think it's six oh one p.m. We're going to hear he has resigned with the Heat, <laughs> or has agreed to resign with the Heat. Yeah, from everyone I speak to, um, that yeah, that Goron deal is expected pretty soon or pretty early on in, in negotiations. Like it's not that complicated. The Heat know they really can probably offer only one year of guaranteed money. Um, whether it has a team option on the back end, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, but it's going to be, you know, around that, what he made last year. I think he made like 18 or 19 yeah. last year, 18, 19 million. It'll probably be around that number. They have them, they have his bird rights. They can go over the cap. So, yeah, I would expect that. I'm pretty, you know, well, you know, who knows? You can't say 100% because negotiations, quote unquote, have not begun yet. But, but uh, I think the expectation is he will be back next season. Um, is there any scenario you can kind of envision where he's not like there? I, I mean, even if I, I guess the question there is, you know, he's he's older. Um, would a team come in and offer him a multi-year deal? Do you, do you think even that could sway it at this point? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
with most guys, I would say yes, that could sway it. But with Goron, you know, if the Heat, if he gets a multi-year deal from multi-year deal from deal from a team, it's not going to be for nineteen million a right. year. It's going to be probably for like ten around there, eleven, closer to his prime mark, his true market value. Um, so I, I think the fact that the Heat are going to offer more than that on one, even if it's only one year. Um, Plus the fact that he likes it in Miami, he wants to stay with the Heat. I think that'll be enough to uh, negate outside offers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, if, if a team just blows him away, right. you know, the three-year, fifty-five million-dollar deal, then uh, you know things could change. But that's you know that's not expected. Yeah. All right. I think we can shift gears there. I mean, like, like I said, those are uh, to me too obvious. Well, obvious. Obviously, the, the Haslam thing's basically done, and then and Goron, like I said, it, it seems obvious, um, unless you have anything else to add there. Um, let's move on. The next group of guys, well, I, I guess I'll just list off the rest of the guys they have as free agents. Uh, Jay Crowder is probably the biggest name at this point. Obviously, was a huge part of the playoff run. Derek Jones Jr., um, who was a starter at times this year and dunk contest champion, you know, interesting young role player. Uh, Myers Leonard, who was a starter in the regular season, fell out of the rotation in the playoffs, and then Solomon Hill, who got minutes in the finals. Um, which, who from that group do you expect to be back next year? In that group, I would say the most likely to be back is Jake Crowder. Yeah. Um, it, just, just because... We've talked about it also. It feels similar-ish to... Uh, to Goron. To Goron, yeah. Yeah, and just because I pick him because I think that he's going to make him obviously a, a more of a priority than the other guys just yes. because of the impact he had last year. Um, so I think they will a lot more of their money, um, their space to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the question is again, it's like with Goran, like what does he get? You know, uh, you know, Goran has a tie here. I think he spent he's spent his past six seasons with the Heat. Like Jay spent half a season, so that tie is not as big. Like if he gets. A really good offer, multi-year offer from a team. Um, you know, would you be shocked if he took that? I mean, I, yeah. I probably would not be. You know, but I, I think that he. I think I, my belief, my belief is that he will find a way to get a deal done there, just because they do have his bird rights. They have that advantage. They have they have a lot of space. You know, between you know before they get to the tax line, um, and even if they do give a gore on nineteen twenty million dollars, like. They still have twenty-seven million dollars after that. About that, twenty, twenty-seven, twenty-six million uh, to spend on free agents, you know, on, on their own free agents. So they could offer Jay a fourteen million dollar one-year or two-year contract with a team option the second year, um, and, and get them that way. Which is again is like Goran, where it's a little bit above market value. So yeah. you know, that's the price you pay for giving a short-term deal. So I could see that you know it working out that way. Yeah. Um, what about Myers? He feels like the one who's kind of the most in this toss-up category. I guess maybe Solomon Hill. I, honestly, I have, I have no idea what Solomon Hill's like market value is going to be. But Myers, what do you have a sense either way? What what's up there? You know, when I I, I thought Myers probably was going to come back before I spoke to him a few weeks ago, um, before he took that awesome mm-hmm. tour around the country in a Coors Light RV. Yeah. Um, shout out to Myers for getting that to happened by the way yeah. that's amazing um but when he you know when i spoke with him and he spoke to a few other reporters as well um he says you know what he's gonna his decision for agency is going to be based on a winning which he could do with the heat so that he checked that box yep. but b he wants to 
he wants a consistent role to and play. He wants a, he said a quote unquote significant role, which he defined I think as like twenty to twenty five minutes. Which I don't know if you're the Heat, how you from? Yeah, that is we. I, we I remember after he talked, we looked it up. That is what he played last year, but obviously in the playoffs he was playing far less than that. Yeah, exactly. So like if the, if with Jay if Jay Crowder comes back, you still have Andre Vidala, you might draft a rookie. Draft, yep. Who's big? You might draft a, you might you might spend your first round pick on a big. Um, yeah. So you know how could you promise Myers that? So I mean. Do I rule it out? No, because I think Myers wants to come back, and I think that he really appreciated what Myers offers them, um, and I thought he was a good fit, especially in the locker room and as just a personality. Um, but if a team that offers him a, a consistent play, you know, role on the court uh, pops up and that's also a contender or a team that's expected to win next season, he might jump at it because mm-hmm. that's what he wants, um, yeah. and you can knock that. Um, I mentioned Solomon Hill. Do you have any sense of what his uh, – he's a guy that, I mean, I feel like we kind of just know the least just because, of, you know, we got traded to the team late and, um, yeah. was not, you know, we didn't talk to him a ton because he wasn't a, a big contributor. Uh, but he was – I mean, he was pretty useful uh, at, at times in the playoffs, and he's clearly – you know, I, I think if he heads somewhere else, he's going to – the guy's going to get minutes on, on some team. Um potentially next year yeah i mean he was playing a consistent role with the grizzlies before he was traded to the heat so i mean he's he's a rotation level player um and you know i I know that the heat when fridge and opens you'll want to talk with solomon obviously Uh they're not like just like okay we've given up like they want to talk right and see you know what other teams are offering him and all that but um we'll see i don't really know again like it's like i said i don't really know what his market value is going to be just because he did not play much with the heat um, so it's hard to say right now. I mean, you would think it'd be a little more than the minimum, just because, like, like we've said, like he's a he's a guy who could, who can play consistently. So maybe like that biannual exception or part of the mid level, you know, the four to five million dollar range. Maybe that's what it is. Um, it's hard to say. Um, but but I you know I think that he will have a conversation with him. Um, but again, I think you know I think it's pretty clear that Goran. And Jay are the priorities, and then, you know, even Myers Leonard and, and Derek Jones Jr. Um, probably mm-hmm. come ahead of Solomon at this point. Speaking of Derek, um, he is the guy. I feel like every time we've talked, we've talked as if he is probably going to leave, just because of what you know, what we think the the market could be for him um, out in free agency. That obviously, you know, the Heat uh, are trying to avoid too many long term contracts. He is what is he twenty two right now? I think, um, yeah, I think obviously, right. obviously had a breakout season, um, an exciting player also, obviously with the dunk contest thing. Um, have you kind of accepted that he is gone or do you think there's still a chance that he can make something work for him? I think there's a chance. Interesting. Um, I did not think that at the beginning of the week, but Barry and I have done some reporting this week. Um, and, uh, we've heard that he have made it known to Derek that they like uh, him. They like him. Yeah, they they want to at least have a shot. Basically, yeah. like don't don't forget about us type of message. Like give give us a chance at least. You know. So I think how it's gonna go is, you know, Derek's gonna find out what teams are gonna offer him. Like what is his yeah. value? What are what is he? What can he get in the open market? And I think that he just want final 
uh, kind of final word on that, you yeah. know, um, which is expected. I think he'll probably do that with almost all their free agents. They're going to want to just know and have a yeah. chance to respond. Uh, um, but but uh, the, Heat, the Heat are interested, and they haven't ruled out um, bringing back Derek. Now, will the math work out? I don't know. I mean, it really depends on, on you know, what Goron and Jay's numbers are. Um, will the Heat use that exception on, on, a, on another guy, on an outside free agent that maybe eats up more of that space they have between, you know, between where they are now and the tax line? Um, but I, I think that he have not ruled out a Derek Jones Jr. return. So we'll see. He feels like a guy, and there, there's, I'm sure there's still some uh, bad GMs out there, but he feels like a guy Ernie Grunfeld would have given a big contract to. And I don't know if there's that, you know, 10 years ago there were a guy like Derek who's good, but, you know, kind of like still more upside than actually like there, there. I think would have gotten like a huge contract, I think, between the, the cap situation and um, just – I think the league getting a little bit smarter. Uh, I don't know if he's getting that same like big contract, but I, I still think a multi-year deal for him is, it feels like that's going to be available and probably honestly a bigger role with another team too. Yeah, I would, I would, uh, you know, I think that's one of the arguments you can make for saying maybe, maybe it's best if Derek does leave in a way. I don't know. I mean, yeah. he, he obviously he can win with the heat, but maybe it's time for him to get a bigger role somewhere. Even though he seems to fit well, I mean, it seems like that he uses skills pretty well and leverages strengths well. But yeah, you know, I, I think he, he, you know, maybe he does leave for that bigger role. Maybe that's one mm-hmm. reason he says. I, I know Derek wants to stay with the Heat. Right, like, he likes it. Yeah, in Miami, he's very close with Bam Adebayo. It's the organization that took a chance on him and has helped develop his game. Like he's grown comfortable here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, maybe that is one one thing that lures him away. Just the chance at a bigger role where, you know. Let's face it. It's like he, he had a very he's had a very inconsistent role with the Heat right. um, early in his career. Like even last year in the playoffs, there were games he played, and there were games he just didn't play at all. So um, if a, if a team could could say, look, we're going to give you a consistent chance here to play twenty to twenty five minutes, you can have the ball in your hands more. Um, maybe that maybe that's enough for for Derek to say, look, it's time to move on. But um, I, I just, you know, again, like at the beginning of the week, I really thought the chances were low that Derek was going to be back just because of all the reasons you said earlier. Yeah. But um, I, my, uh, that's changed a little bit. You know, I, what I, what I say, I expect him to be back. I, I, I probably would not go that far yet, but I think there's a chance. Now, I guess kind of the, the wrinkle there is obviously we've talked so much about how the plan is to swing big in 2021, right? And obviously Giannis, there's a couple other guys, but Giannis is the name we always wind up talking about. But if, obviously, I think uh, a lot of player movement always tends to happen faster than we expect these days. Um, I mean, we've obviously seen it this week. Chris Paul to the Suns, um, Drew Holiday to the Bucks. Obviously, that has potentially some Giannis implications, um, it seems like James Harden is going to be on the Nets. Uh, maybe by the next time we record an episode, maybe by the next by the time we record the second half of this episode, uh, it's Russell Westbrook to the Wizards is a possibility right now. Um, and obviously, there's uh, unending Bradley Beal speculation to the Heat. You know, if the Heat make a swing and and are able to get Beal or someone like that right now, and you know they have their new big three in place of Jimmy, um, Beal, and Bam without necessarily having to wait 
on 2021. It, it obviously changes some of the math, right? Like you're you're not you're no longer in a position where you're like, all right, we got to leave max cap space for 21, and it, it could change some of uh, the outlook for for some of their for some of these guys and some of what they do this off season. Yeah, I, I mean, if if the Heat have intel that Giannis is going to sign um, the supermax before this before the start of the season, which it seems like you know, I was listening to not to plug another podcast, but the Zach Lowe podcast. And <laughs> Zach Lowe does not need our plugs; he's doing fine without that's, us. That's, that's a good point. That's a very good point. <laughs> um, and, and Ryan Windhorst was on there, and he's he kind of into like hinted at, you know, there there's a there's a shot that there's there's some thinking that he might sign the supermax. Mm-hmm. And Mark Stein tweeted that a few days ago as well that there's been rumblings that he's going to sign the supermax. I mean, yeah, that changes things for the Heat. But I just don't know how much it changes the Heat's offseason only because do you give do you still give two or three years guaranteed money to Goran and Jay? I don't know. You know, yeah. I, I, you might still give them a similar contract to what you're going to do this year just because they are veterans. You want to keep flexibility at all costs, you know, at all times, unless it's for somebody, a young star or a young player with, with really good upside. Um, I think the one thing that does change is Bam's extension, which right. has been something that we've talked about for a few months now like what are he going to do can they get him to, to hold off on signing the extension i think if Giannis is off the table and he signs supermax I, I don't see how you could have any argument to to tell bam no we're not going to sign him to the extension this year um I, I think that if Giannis signs that then then bam probably that that decision probably becomes a lot easier um and that extension becomes something that happens this offseason so i think that's the one big change that would happen um, if Giannis commits to Milwaukee. Yeah, I was more thinking if they somehow are able to get Beal this offseason. Um, and, and you yeah, know and sure. you know you've got your, you know, this is your core, now you're building around this core instead of being like we've got two of our three and we're, we're still looking for that third in 2021. Well, there is a – we're actually going to probably release this story on Thursday or sometime this week. Um, there is a way for the Heat to trade for a guy like Beal and still have room for Giannis. It's not easy, okay. Um, but there are there is a there is a pathway, okay. Um, depending on what the cap is next offseason, right? Because it's, it's there's a range of what it could be, but if it's um, if it's a certain number, if the cap is like 115, 116 next offseason, then there is a way where you could fit them all um, under, you know, in, in in not in space, but just you could fit them and, and make right. that work as far as all the salary cap rules. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, if they trade for Bill, obviously, like maybe the Heat say, "Look, this is our core. We don't think we're going to get Giannis," um, and that's a really good core, obviously. But uh, but if they but if Gian, if Giannis is still a thing and it's still an option, twenty twenty one might still be part of the plan. Interesting. Um, should we talk about the Beal possibility? Like, I don't know. Is there? It really seems like the Wizards do not want to move him. I, I think yeah. the Russell Westbrook uh, for Wall speculation. Uh, I think further clarifies that they would not like to move Beal because that is clearly, I think, a move designed to win now, especially because it seems like the Wizards are going to have to give up draft picks uh, in that deal, which seems to suggest they're putting off a rebuild. Um, but I, I, I wish I remember who reported this. Um, basically, that, that Beal wants the Wizards to get better, right? That he wants to... He wants them to be competitive. He wants them to be competitive. And obviously... That you know seems like that's why they might be going after Russell Westbrook. If they can't get that deal done, then who knows what happens? Yeah, I, I mean, look, Tommy Shepard came out on 
what day, I don't even know what day it is. That one's it. it came yeah, out Tuesday, yesterday. Yep, Tuesday. And said uh, they're not trading Bradley Beal. So, you know, I don't think that's going to happen this offseason. Um, but if the Wizards start 15 and 40, like, that, I mean, things change pretty fast in the NBA. I think we all know that. Just look at James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Um, so, I, you know, it, just because he's not in the trade market right now. I mean, he could, even if, be, if between now and Friday, Beal decides, hey. Uh, the East is getting so much better. Yeah, like, I, I want to get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, I mean things. Yeah, things change. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, I, I, it's gonna. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's gonna take Beal saying like, "I don't want to be here right. for the Wizards to trade him." You know, it's like who was uh, that that tweeted that? Remember that? Was it Eric Bledsoe? But, the, I don't want to be here. Oh yeah, yeah. I forget which. <laughs> I forget which one. Uh, I forget who it was. But yeah, yeah. That, that's what it's gonna take, though. That's what it's gonna take. It's gonna take Beal making a mess and not making a mess, but just basically making it clear. You know, I don't. I, I want to be traded. So yeah. you know, the Heat. I think a lot of everyone knows, or most people know, the Heat are very interested in Bradley Beal. Like, they would love to have him. Um, he's a star that they covet. Um, you know, I, I know Heat fans like Bradley Beal as well. They're always in his mentions. Um, but, you know, until he until he makes it known that he's not going to be in Washington, um, I don't think a deal gets done. Let's say Beal says, he tells Tommy Shepard on uh, Thursday morning, hey, I want to get traded. Do you think the Heat have him by, like, the end of the weekend? I think there's a good shot. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I think there's. I think there's a good shot. I, you know, I, there'll be a few teams that he'll probably give Washington is where I want to go. Yeah, and you know, I would be surprised if the Heat aren't on the list. And quite frankly, the Heat are in pretty much as good a position as anyone to deal for him between Tyler Duncan. Um, yes, those, really, yes those no. two. I guess yeah, mostly. Yes no. I mean, he, I. I if I'm the Heat, I try not to give up both of those guys. You know, I yeah. I think the Wizards are probably going to want Tyler, obviously, and that's a very good asset. I mean, he's equal to what a top three pick, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think Tyler. I think Tyler would have to be in that trade. Yeah, um, I think you try not to give up Duncan in that case. Um, but this is the problem. I mean, the, this is the issue with the Heat. They don't have an unprotected first round pick to trade until 2028. Right. Um, to get a star in this league, like. You have to trade picks. I mean, that's just like look at what look at what Milwaukee did to get Drew Holiday. Yeah. Um, which I would argue Bradley Beal is a better player and younger than Drew Holiday. Um, and they have to trade three first round picks to get Drew. So, I mean, Washington's going to want a similar type of thing, and the Heat don't even have one first round pick to trade. <laughs> and, so it's, and, and they don't even have one right now because you can only yeah. trade picks um, up to seven years. You know, you can't trade a pick. For, that's, that's further than seven years out, and 2028 is uh, eight or nine drafts away. So you wouldn't even be able to trade that. Um, so that's the Heat's issue. They have to acquire picks, which yeah. is one of the reasons. All right, we probably shouldn't even talk too much about this because it feels like by the time people are listening yeah. to this, they might yeah. have, you know, things are going to have changed because that's going to be, I'm sure, one of the goals for the Heat tonight, especially if there's a guy at 20 that they're not in love with. They're going to try to turn that probably into a future pick. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the argument for for trying to trade this pick for a future one. Now, I guess there's always you know if Beal by the time he might be on the Heat, I guess by the time people listen to this, but if you're the Heat, you probably want him asking for a trade today, so you can you can conclude that twenty this the pick from tonight, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the, this if you're the Heat, you're using that as leverage, like yeah. Washington. Like, if you want our pick, you, you got to do it now because yeah. the only way we could trade it to you is if we pick for you guys right. and deal the player to you. So that's that's leverage. And 
one other way real quick to um to unlock a pick the deal is the heat to have a basically like the 2023 to 2027 pick are tied up because of this protected pick they owe oklahoma city if they lift the protections off the 2023 pick and make it unprotected mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they have their 2025 pick to trade gotcha. um, which i'm sure that he would probably have to do to get any deal done for beal they'd have to go to oklahoma city and say look would you agree to lift the protections off this pick which i don't know why the thunder wouldn't agree to that right that's good for them it's an unprotected pick um, so that there is, there are creative ways that he can get picks in a deal, um, but right now, as it stands, they don't have one. If there is a Beal trade, do you have a guess for what it would be? I mean, it's like you said, it's definitely Tyler Hero. Yep. Um, you know, you, you look at the salary. Obviously, you know, yeah, you like, got to include Iguodala and Olenek, basically, right, to make the salaries match. Yeah, I mean, those are the really. That's the thing. Like, there's a lot of guys with big salaries on this Heat team, and then there's guys with. Uh, very small salaries like Duncan and Kendrick are going to get it done. It's like three million dollars combined. You know, KZ, mm-hmm. Paula and Chris Silva aren't going to add to add, add much. Um, Myers Leonard, if he resigns, isn't going to add much. So, um, yeah, it's going to have to be like Andre and Kelly if Kelly opts in um, as part of that package. I think um, to make this the numbers work. Yeah. All right. Um, any. Before we wrap up, we, we haven't we've alluded to all the movement across the NBA the last couple of days and the rumored movement. Do you have any final thoughts? We're gonna like we're I don't again I don't need to say this because this is gonna be the second half of the episode, but um, we're gonna record after the draft tonight a little bit more. But just Chris Paul to the Suns, Drew to the Bucks. I guess Drew to the Bucks. That's probably the most interesting for our purposes until yeah. until a James Harden trade happens, in which case that becomes like the most interesting thing that's happened in the NBA and I don't even know how long like since the big three I guess since Kevin Durant went to the Warriors yeah, yeah. I would say that. um holiday to the Bucks. I think we're both Drew Holiday guys is that right I'm a big Drew Holiday guy but I still don't know if that is that's a lot to give up for Drew Holiday yeah I mean like it is a lot to give up for Drew Holiday I was surprised at what Milwaukee had to give up, but if it means keeping Giannis, right? Longer, it's it's that like high risk, high reward, right? If you give, if you, if it means you keep Giannis, like who cares that you're giving up all those future first round picks? Those are like the twenty fifth through thirtieth pick every year. Yeah, exactly. So like, I, if the Bucks know something, they know. Look, if we we get Drew, there's a, there's a good chance Giannis is gonna sign the max with us, super max, and stay with us. Um, then I get why they did the trade. I think you do anything to get that deal done. Yeah. Um, but if they just did that on blind faith and Giannis still doesn't sign that Supermax this offseason and he becomes a free agent next year and they don't win a championship and he leaves, they're in big trouble. Dire straits. They yeah. have very little picks moving forward and Giannis would obviously be gone. Drew Holiday has an option. He could leave as well. Um, and they'd be left pretty much alone in a market which doesn't really isn't known to attract free agents. So um, they'd be in big trouble. But, you know, I think... Their hope is obviously that Giannis. This means Giannis will commit long term to them. I like the Bogdan deal for them too. Good, uh, yeah, good, was, good George yeah, Hill like replacement. By, yeah, yeah. So I feel, I feel like I overshadowed by Drew, but like I think that was, that's a really good fit for them. Really good shooter, a really good all around player. Yeah, that yeah. that very you know they're definitely a better team, right? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. They got better, obviously. Yeah. The question is, are they, gonna, are they championship worthy? And you know, I, I don't know if. You know they're definitely in that in that class, but yeah. there this there are a lot of good teams in this league right now. So yeah, they're they're a team that has never even made the Eastern Conference Finals, and you know they're obviously trying to make the jump now to title contender or to like championship, and that, that's a pretty far jump to make, especially 
<laughs> I mean, especially if the Nets get James Harden, which is going if that happens, that's going to be one of the that's a, a fascinating chemistry experiment they're putting together at the Barclays Center. Yeah, that's going to be a fun team to watch. And, you know, I know that all, all the questions will be, how do you make that work? You know, if there's only one ball, they all need the ball on their hands, especially Kyrie and James Harden. That's a lot of talent. I feel like it's going to equate to a lot of wins if those three are together. And yeah. to me, in my opinion, if they get James Harden, they're the best team in the East. Um and even without James Harden, you can make an argument if Kevin Durant is healthy with what they have around Kyrie and Kevin Durant right now with Levert and Dinwiddie and all that, you could make an argument that they're still the, you know, they're yeah. still the best team in the no, East. So. No one in the East has a player like Kevin Durant. Very few no. teams in the league have a player like Kevin Durant. Yeah, I mean, when, he, when he's right, he's the best player in the league. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, you know, the Golden State version of Kevin Durant, where he did on both sides of the court, he's up there with LeBron and, and, and uh, Kawhi. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think that that's the question. Like, what is you know, what is post Achilles injury Kevin Durant look like? You know, we don't know that yet. But if he's healthy, that that's a really good team. Yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. Uh, thanks as always for listening. Um, we will talk to you guys next week. Obviously, we'll have some free agency stuff that will have happened by then. The league will look a lot different. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson two. Uh, We've got you covered at MiamiHerald.com for uh, all your heat coverage during this very busy time of year. Uh, So thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.